What a wonderful, wonderful day to just give God praise, honor, and glory. It's just so good to be here. And certainly thank God once again for this virtual opportunity for worship and to bring forth a word this morning of encouragement for us all as we're living in an hour where we're seeing things that <clears throat> we never even imagined. But I thank God because he knows exactly what it takes to turn things around and to start an entire brand new process. I certainly thank God for that. So it's just good to be here on this Sunday morning, this second Sunday of 2021. And thank God for all of you who have signed on this morning for worship. Amen. This morning, we want to uh, look at Genesis, the 50th chapter, verses 15 through 21. Genesis 50, verses 15 through 21. Amen. That's where we will uh, bring our thought this morning. We will sort of jaywalk to this text from what I want to share with you, first of all, by review of some things we talked about last week. And then we will, like I said, jaywalk to Genesis 50, verses 15 through 21. The word of God reads, beginning with verse 15, the book of Genesis, the 50th chapter. And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us and will certainly requit us all the evil which we did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph saying, thy father did command before he died saying, so shall ye say unto Joseph, forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of the, thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we, thy, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good, to bring to pass as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now therefore, fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones, and he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. And of course, many of us from Sunday school and in Bible study and reading our Bibles, even on our own, we're very familiar with verse 20 in this chapter. But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. And we're gonna continue with our thought, the ability to believe God. And for a subtopic, I want to use the ingredients to your deliverance, the ingredients to your deliverance. And as I said, I'll jaywalk to this text, but I wanna just by way of review, talk about some things that we spoke last week, sort of to kind of awaken and reaffirm these truths so that we can speak and see with clarity the things that God is revealing to us in this hour. God dwells, as I told you, in a church whose concern is catching his passion and sharing his burden for a lost world. God provides for him. He makes ways for a living church on a God-sent mission. It's important that our church is passionate about our sent 
mission, a church willing to receive and respond to the call and the commission of God. Many times we read the call of God and the commission of God, but somehow or another, we're not emboldened to surrender to that call and that cause, and we've decided to go another route. God is not with us in trying to fulfill what we think the church ought to do, but God is with those who are in agreement with him and commissioned to his call and for, for the church. A, a church that sees what God sees and how God sees it. A church that moves by God's vision and not our own. A church that's God conscious, a church that's a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Simply a church that believes God. You don't want to be in a position to where you know that you need God, but you don't have the ability to believe God. You don't want to be in that position when life has led you to a place to where you know you need God, but now you're in a position to where you don't have the ability to believe God. That's why the ability to believe God is so important. That's why being around a, a believers and being in a church that is a believing church is very important to you in your life. A lot of people in the church, as I told you, can tell you what the Bible says, but the problem is, is they don't believe what the Bible says. They don't believe that it's God's word speaking them, speaking concerning them prophetically and even to the now in their lives. Where you are and what you have when God speaks to you can be challenging as I spoke to you. I've told you it can be challenging to believe and receive because uh, where you are and where you think you know you are, when God speaks to you, he speaks to you as though your circumstance no longer matters. As, no, as long as you're, uh, it's like your ability uh, doesn't matter. Your natural strength doesn't matter. When God starts talking to you, he's talking to you as though you can do these things that he's calling you to do. And in your own mind, you think that you're too far down or it's too late and you don't have the resources or the ability to do what God is calling you to do. I've already tried that. And so naturally we think that not even God can lift us to what he said and to what he's promised concerning us. What he's already spoken over your life is what he is working to bring to pass concerning you. It is not God trying to come into alignment with your vision and your passion for your life. It's you trying to come into alignment with God's purpose and with God's intention for your life. It's not the position you see yourself in. It's the position that God has called you to, that whenever you walk in agreement with what God has called you to, there is nothing that can stop you from obtaining what it is that God has spoken over your life. Because often then when God says a thing, we think the way should be smooth. We think the way should be straight and somewhat overnight. And God can do those things. But when it, sometimes it takes a while. So, so when we're on a bumpy road with, with hills and curves, we think we're headed in the wrong direction because when God says it, we feel like there should be no opposition, that it should just be smooth sailing. We should not run into storms. We should not run into any kind of lack or anything, but it should be smooth sailing. But all of us have lived long enough to know that sometimes the way gets bumpy and the road gets curvy, but still we're on our way if we're walking in agreement with God, if we maintain and hold on to the ability to believe God. 
Adam and Eve, as I told you, walked in the garden seeing all of the wonderful and beautiful works of God's creation. They were walking in fellowship with God. They were walking in right relationship with God, never to die, never to experience sickness, never to die, never to even uh, be under any type of demonic possession or attack. They were walking with full authority over everything, and they were walking by vision of their heart. They were walking in confidence, and they were sensitive to the presence of God at all times. But listen, when they ate from the tree, the Bible says their eyes were open. And of course, believers, you know that they had eyes and their eyes were open, or they could not have seen the tree of life or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil or all of the other beautiful things that God had created in this garden. They couldn't see it with if their eyes were naturally closed. So we know that he's not talking about their natural eyes being open. He's talking about an enlightening and understanding a different kind of knowledge partaking, coming in and affecting them, them making themselves subject to something that God never intended for them to acknowledge. But because God gave us a free will, he didn't fence them in and bind them up with anything natural so that they could not naturally go to where he said that he wanted them to willfully walk in fellowship and obedience to him so they could see naturally. But when they, when they ate from that tree and their eyes came open, there was another existence that was always there that they did not see until their eyes came open. A level of thinking that they did not see, but was there. It was visible when they became visible when they obeyed, disobeyed God. Now their eyes were open. Can y'all hear what the spirit is saying to the church? Now they realize they are naked. They realize without God telling them they are naked, but because they disobeyed God, this evil entity began to open their eyes to what to them being naked. Now, how would it be that if some of us were walking in such a holy state, now, now listen, because we don't want you to get there because none of us are there yet, that you would be walking around naked and not know it but because all of the rest of us would know it and everybody would respond differently to your nakedness, then it's important for you to understand that these, that Adam and Eve walked naked before each other and did not even notice it by way of anything that was evil. It was an honest and open, good nakedness. No, they weren't covered by anything. They were completely naked walking in the garden and did not know it, okay? So, so they realize now they're naked. The way to the tree of life, they realize now have been blocked. And now they're hiding from God. There's a sense of a different entity now. There, there's something about their five senses that have overtaken their, their sixth sense of faith, their sixth sense that, that gives them the ability to acknowledge God in the way God intended for them to acknowledge him. Can everybody hear what I'm saying? When this happened, their eyes were open to something that God did not want them to experience. Sometimes you just can't see what you're looking at. And many of us are looking at some things going on in our lives and it's challenging what God said to us because we can't see what God says because we are so tuned in naturally to what we're going through. 
You've got to understand that what you are seeing is not all that's there. We must understand from this that there is an existence, a spiritual existence. There's something there and it's un there's an unseen presence, an unseen presence, <laughs> an unseen presence, not seen with the natural eye, but seen in the spirit. There's something in the spirit realm that is just as visible, that, it, that exists just as the, 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 the visible presence is there. But because we are walking and in tune to our five senses, walking naturally and carnally and earthy, we cannot, we, we are dead in the spirit to see the spirit realm. But that's not how Adam and Eve was created at first. Amen. So there is an existence that we can't see when our hearts are empty of the word of God. I'm convinced that before they ate the, the forbidden fruit, they walked with such a God conscious from within that, that they trusted what they saw with their hearts more than what they saw with their eyes. You understand that. They, they, they trusted what they saw with their hearts more than what they saw with their eyes. Amen. Okay, no, no wonder Elisha had to pray for his servant's eyes to be opened. No wonder Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. In Matthew 13, 13 through 16, Jesus is saying, though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but not perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Their spiritual eyes are closed. Otherwise they might see with their ears, hear with their ears. Otherwise they might see with their eyes hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I will heal them. But blessed are your eyes, because they see, and your ears, because they hear. And see, that's important to the believer who's trying to push into the presence of God and receive from God that place, that status, that position that God says we have in him. See, some people just think that because they uh, read the Bible and become, but, but don't believe the Bible, that they're automatically healed when they ask for healing, that they're automatically blessed and, and full of prosperity and there's no lack in their life just because they read it and, and don't believe it. See, this is for you to understand that you've got to hear and believe and know that this is real, even more so than what you see with your natural eyes and place yourself into it by way of believing God. Amen. That's the way you get into the blessing of God. You've got to place yourself in it by believing God when he speaks it to you and over your life, regardless of how bumpy the road is and how many curves, twists, and turns you go through, hold on to what God has spoken to you because that's where he's working in your life and that's where he's calling you to be. Paul said that we walk by faith and not by sight. We must trust what our heart sees above what our eyes see. Amen. Look at Elijah and his servant. Elijah could see with open eyes of faith and trust in God what his servant couldn't see. Elijah prayed. 
that what his servant couldn't see with his natural eyes would become visible to him with open spiritual eyes. In other words, Lord, I want the people to see it for themselves, for themselves. I don't want them to just see it through the eyes of who's preaching or through the eyes of the bishop and everybody else that we'll see through the eyes of the Pope and everybody else. No, I want to see it for myself. Pray for me that I see it for myself. Because I need to understand this and receive it as God has said it for myself. Many of us feel that because we know God is in control and God can do whatever God wants to do whenever he wants to do it, we think that we should just take our hands off of everything and just free fall in life and let whatever happens, whatever be, will be. And most of us by now who've grown any at all in the Lord know that this is not the way that it can happen in your life. You don't just, just sit down and take your hands off of things and, and start declaring in that religious mindset that whatever God wants to happen is going to happen. Listen, it's God's will that everyone be saved, but everybody is not saved. It's God's will that you be healed. Come on. It's God's will that we prosper and be in good health, even as our soul prospers. But we've got to reach into the word and walk in agreement with that word and exercise our authority over the sickness, the disease, and whatever opposes the word of God in our lives. We've got to hold on to what God says. We've got to cooperate with God that his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Told you all of this last week because there is a way that seems right to us. But the way, the end of it, it leads us all to destruction. You cannot think that you can do what you want to do your way and get God's results. Simply not going to happen. We've got to seek God diligently. We've got to pray and we've got to meditate on his word day and night. He told Joshua, don't let the book of the law depart from his mouth. In other words, I need for you to keep your mouth full of my word. I need you speaking my word against every enemy that will ever come up against you. If you're going to get victory, if you're going to experience victory in your life by now, you need to know that you've got to have a word for every situation that the devil throws at you. Amen. Every situation that, that may just pop up out of the darkness, you've got to have a word to control and to use authority in the exact atmosphere from which the devil is trying to keep you out of. You've got to keep your mind stayed on Jesus if you're going to enjoy a peace in your mind that surpasses understanding. And right now, I know it's hard for you to entertain and exercise peace whenever you're sick. The doctor is saying you're sick in your body. I know it's hard for you to exercise peace when you're seeing things going on in our world the way that it's going on. But if you keep your mind on Jesus, he will keep you in perfect peace. That's his word and that's what I believe. And that's the reason why these things are coming to pass in our lives. And that's the reason why some of us are walking around in peace while everybody else is running in fear. It's because we've understood and accepted and believed God according to his word. If you doubt God, believer, you will limit what God can do in your life. I told you this last week. If you doubt God, you will limit what God can do in your life. You will hear prophetically awesome things concerning you in your life. You will hear it, but you will not have the ability to believe that he's talking to you. You think he's talking to everybody else around you. No, when God is speaking, he's speaking to you as well. He so loved the world, everybody, that he gave himself, his son, that whosoever, what, believes, 
on him. They'll have everlasting life. This word is true because I believe God and I understand I've received everlasting life in the name of Jesus. I know every one of you believe God and you've received everlasting life. And I know, listen, I, I feel right now I'm speaking to some people who've been battling with whether or not there it's time for them to be born again. Look at all that you've been through and how God has kept you. Look at the love God has shown you when you didn't deserve it. And now you're trying to decide whether you want to give your life to Christ. No, no, no. Listen, don't even ent don't entangle yourself with those thoughts anymore. Surrender now. Give your life to Christ. Tell God, listen, I've disobeyed. I've sinned and I've come short of your glory. Lord, if you would just save me now, come into my life. Make me brand new. I want to live according to the word that I've been reading about. And God will come into your life in such a way. No, nobody's formed a circle around you. Nobody is crying and tapping and patting on you. But they're not rubbing on you and trying to take you out to dinner or none of that move out of the way and let God save me if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart right now God will save you whoever you are that's your word for you today listen don't limit the ability of God in your life by doubting he's not saving you according to how you've lived and how you've earned it for you're saved by grace through faith God has graced you he's gifted you salvation there's nothing you can do to earn it it's free for you. Amen. Amen. And see, as we were looking at this last week, we, we also talked about this man whose son was epileptic, is what a medical diagnosis, diagnosis would, have, would have been, that he was epileptic. But in the spirit realm, Jesus is saying that he has an unclean spirit, a, a dumb spirit that caused these things to happen. It was a manifestation of an evil spirit. See, it looks like epilepsy, but it's an evil spirit that's trying to destroy and kill this young man. And see, are, are, are we really being everything that God meant for us to be in this life as the church, as the servants of God? Are we everything that God intended for us to be? No, because when people bring things like that to the house of God, to the people of God, what we're telling them to do, and I'm also guilty of this, I'm talking about we, that we've got to come up to a level to where we don't tell them, well, what did the doctor say? Or um, what, what, what kind of medicine are you giving him? No, we need to take that to Jesus and exercise our authority over it and be able to recognize what's going on in the spirit. And I'm not telling you that you should never go to the doctor. I'm not a fool. I'm not telling you that. But I am telling you that you ought to have a priority to seek first the kingdom. We ought to be able to have more confidence in what we're doing by way of the spirit and what we've been endowed with and what we've been assigned and sent and commissioned by God to do. We need to put more confidence in that than we do anything in the world. Because doctors wouldn't know, science wouldn't know unless God revealed it. We need to understand that in so much that we would come to God and the house of God, we should have a greater expectation than we do even when we go to the doctor's office. This is where God wants us. And I know it seems hard to travel there. It seems hard for many to get there. But see, that's why I was telling you how important it is to have the ability to believe God. It's very important. 
What about when science and doctors can't help you? Then you feel helpless and hopeless because you've trusted in a system that cannot take care of all of your needs. This man brought his son to the disciples and they could not help him. Couldn't help him. See, it takes faith to operate in what God has called you to do. No matter what it is that's brought to you, no matter what it is that's presented to you, it takes faith to operate in what God has called you to do. You can't look at some people and decide within yourself whether they're worthy to be witnessed to, whether they're worthy to be prayed for, whether they're worthy that they'll ever be saved again. No, you're on assignment. And God is telling you that wherever the devil is, we've got to cast him out. We've got to spread this good news and tell the world that Jesus saves. And that's good news that he has forgiven you. We can't just give them bad news that you're going to die and go to hell and nobody loves you. Nobody cares for you. You need to stop this. No, no, that's not the good news. That's seeing them as they are now. I'm so glad that God did not see us where we are and just decided that he was going to leave John 3.16 out that he was just not going to love us, that he was just not going to come to see about us, that he was just going to leave us where he found us. I'm so glad that God did not look at me in my life and in my blind and wild days and say, listen, I'm just going to take my hands off of him. No, don't nobody preach to him. He cannot hear you. He's given himself over to a reprobate mind and that's it. I'm done. You don't ever want to be in a place where God is taking his hands off of you. Amen. It takes faith, people of God, to operate in what God has called us to do. If you're in Christ, you are covered. It's like the woman in the parable found in Luke 15 and 8, who had 10 silver pieces. And when she lost one, she lit a candle and swept the house looking for it. It's right there in the house. She looked for what was already provided in where it was already provided. Although she still had nine pieces left, she valued the one piece as much as the nine. Do you value your health? If you do, think about what's on your plate before you put it in your mouth. Do you value your everything that you have? Do you value it? Because if you value it, you will be sensitive to how you use it. What do you value? What do you value? And how would you react if you lost it? How would you react if you lost it? Would you even notice that you don't even have everything that God wants you to have? Has anybody noticed that? That the church is not everything that God has taught us that it should be and that it should do. It's already been provided for us and we're satisfied without it. We've got everything, but if there's one thing, if it's, but we, 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 we don't have the power. We've got form, we've got potential, we've got the word, but we don't have power. And that's simply because we don't value, we don't believe God according to his word, according to his word. So when we know these things, how do we react with these things? You can't sell chicken and get this. You can't raise the offering and get this. You, you, you have to get this by hearing and believing God. You gotta sell out to God. It's, it's, it's already been provided and you're satisfied without it. You've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. You've been forgiven, washed clean, 
sins taken away as far as the east is from the west. He's cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. There's nothing holding you back. It's already been provided. The way has been revealed. The door has been opened. You can get out. But the problem is, is do I believe and do I will and do I want to get out? Your chains have been broken. He's healed all our diseases. Can you see it? Can you see that God has already healed all your diseases? That's what's standing between you right now and the sickness. You've got to see it. You've got to see it even while you're still feeling it in the natural. When you come alive spiritually, you will see what God says in the spirit, and it will take authority over everything you're experiencing naturally because we walk by faith and not by sight. When you realize that he's already given it to you, you'll seek it till you find it. You'll receive that it's in the house, that it's there, and you will not be satisfied without it. Now, let's jaywalk to the text for a minute with all of that said. Very simply, have you learned to let God's word have the final say in your life? Have you learned to let the word of God be the final authority in your life? There's nothing that takes authority over what God has spoken over your life. And right now, I don't care if you're not by yourself, you need to say, listen, there's nothing in my life that's taken authority over what God has spoken over my life. I'm bringing myself into agreement with what everything God has spoken concerning my life, where I'm supposed to be, what I'm supposed to have and what I'm supposed to have the ability to do. Everything God has spoken over my life, I'm bringing myself into alignment. I believe it. I receive and believe what God has spoken over my life. And that's the final authority. And, and, and what God has spoken over my life, he's bringing it to pass. He's bringing it to pass. I believe that what I have experienced and what I am experiencing is intentional to what God has spoken over my life. And it has particular purpose concerning my destiny. It's not just happening to me. It's, it's intentional. And there's something in it hidden that I may not see until I go in it and go through it. There's something God is bringing to pass in my life and my current experience is a part of the particular purpose concerning my destiny. God is preparing me. He's refining me for something greater than what I've ever experienced. I'm not complaining about my transportation because I know it's taking me to my destination. One thing we all should have learned by now is that you can't allow how people feel about you and your assignment from God, what people are saying and how they are talking. You can't allow any of that to distract you or cause you to give in and give up on what God has shown you. That's all a part of your transportation to get where God has called you. It's all a part of, of getting you there all a part of getting you there. Without resistance, you would never have more strength, more intent. If things did not fight against you, you would not know whether or not you're going with God or against God. Have you ever been caught off guard and surprised by something said by someone you thought that had your back and that had your heart at interest? 
I mean, your interests at heart, those things concerning you. Have, have you have you seen or ran into a situation like that where people you thought were behind you and with you and had your back? When you turn around, they were all gone running with the crowd and believing what the crowd has said about you. They're openly supporting, but secretly working to destroy you. You, 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 you got to hear me. You got to hear me because it's real tricky. It's real subtle and stealthy how the enemy will plant just the right people or person around you that will openly look like they're supporting you, but secretly they are doing everything they can to harm you or to destroy you. Something they said or done that got back to you and then someone else tried to cover it up with, with you by saying they meant well. <laughs> I mean, I can understand a teacher that would, would, would introduce you to some things that would quicken and awaken a certain thought or a certain uh, power that's in you or reveal something about whoever it is that, that is leading you into some more power. I, I can understand you having to go through some stuff that's like that, them presenting you to a storm, into a storm. I can understand that. But listen, when you've got people that show up one way, but they're actually determined to do something another way that's not even in agreement with what God is doing, Listen, don't let anybody tell you they meant well. They, they knew what they were doing. They knew what they were doing. What they were saying is that, that even though what the person said or have been doing, even though it created a negative reality for your life, that was not their intention. Let me just tell you that when some people do something to you, they intend to hurt you. They intend to hurt you. And because they may know somebody that's seen them openly trying to support you, they may say, well, they didn't mean it like that. They did. They meant well. Duh. They, 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 they didn't mean to do you no harm. The devil is a lie. That what they said, everything they did, it was intentional to hurt you. And you had to go through it because God was going to show you how he was separating you from those who wish to hurt you. They meant to do you harm. That was not the case with Joseph's brothers. When they stripped him of his coat and threw him in a pit, pulled him up from the pit and sold him to slave traders, they, 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 and they headed him, took him to a foreign land. They meant to do it. They meant to do it. Joseph's brothers meant anything but good concerning him. They meant to cause him harm. They meant to ruin his life. They meant to steal from him what God has spoken over him. They meant evil. Some people, let me tell you, cannot handle where they even think God is taking you, where they even think God is about to bless you. They start acting funny with you. Don't they don't you don't may not understand why, but even in the spirit realm, people are afraid of potential in you. They, they've caught wind. They sense that, look, everything they're saying ain't working because you're still smiling. You still got peace that surpasses understanding. I want you to understand right now that everything they've done to you, God has given you a word just like he did, Joseph. It was a but God moment. Has anybody ever lived through a but God moment? They meant it for evil, but God. They tried to kill me, but God. They said I had it, but God. God, whenever you see a but God and you read that in the scripture, it means that God is about to turn everything thing around stuff that was you were on the bottom but now you're on your way up to the top God never stopped his purpose he's about to open your eyes to see that everything that was working against you he's saying look it was my transportation 
He's about to reveal his glory in it. Listen to me, believer. God is about to reveal his glory in whatever it is that's hurting you, that you've gone through at the hand of other people or just in your life. Let God refine you. Amen. Let him refine you. He's going to reveal his glory. Everything you thought was pulling you down but God, he's going to show you it was actually lifting you up. Positioning you in what he has already said and spoken over your life. What he means, what he intended, what he allowed is intentional. It has purpose. It's being revealed. God is uncovering you. Amen. He kept you covered while you were crying. He kept you covered through the sickness. He kept you covered when you were lonely. But now he's about to reveal his version of you. Amen. They meant it for evil. And yes, they did. But God, mm. <laughs> but God meant it for good. Mm. The very thing they used to destroy Joseph, God used it to promote him into his destiny. And I'm telling you, we can, as we read this, we can all see the type of the Christ being exacted in this story to where when people do things and they meant to kill you, God is doing something where he's going to give you all the glory. Where they don't think they need you, they, look, they don't realize how much they really need you. God is helping you while they're trying to hurt you. Listen to this. Could it be that the very thing you're going through right now is something that God is using to promote you into your destiny, to stir up a gift that he's placed in you? Is it something that God is calling out of you that you've been satisfied living without? Is it something that God is doing in your life to get your eyes open so that you can see all the things that's present around you that you've been blind to and not resisting? There's some people you said yes to, but when your eyes come open, you're gonna give them a resounding no because you're gonna realize, but God, it's a but God moment when things begin to turn and what they were doing to you is no longer effective to hold you down because God now is lifting you up out of everything the devil has thrown on you. Amen. I'm telling you, God is doing something right now in the lives of those who will believe him. God is flipping this thing upside down. No wonder people are angry and upset because God is taking what was on the bottom and he's bringing it up to the top. He said that the last shall be first and the first is going to be last. God, it was a but God moment that we're living through right now. Don't be discouraged or disturbed because of what happened last week. Listen, be encouraged because all things are working together for our good. God, things are working together for our good. God knows what it took to get the hearts of some of the people changed to do the right thing. <laughs> God's love is not limited. See, we, we know that it all, it's all working together for good to them that love the Lord and those who are called according to his purpose. Listen to this, young people. Let's, let's keep our young people lifted, y'all. Let's keep our young people lifted because see, I see you devil. I see what you're trying to do. He's trying to, he doesn't want you, your heart just to be broken because you've lost some young person in your life too early. What he's trying to do is stop the whole mission of the church because that, that he knows that they're anointed. They've been called to bring forth something greater by way of working through the church than we ever could imagine. So he's trying to stop all of that. He sees the potential. Listen, keep our young people lifted. 
because many of us have realized that we that, that we have some young people who are more than just talented. We have noticed early that they are anointed and, and, and for that reason, the attack on their lives has come, has not come late. They realize there's an early anointing on their lives and, and the devil is not on his attack late in their life. It's come on them early. We notice early that they have a certain boldness and an awareness in them that we never had. Right. Our young people, pray for them keep them lifted. We, we have to help them understand and accept that they are anointed. Even when they don't feel like it, even when, when they have not seen it themselves, you've got to open up the eyes that they are anointed. And God has not give, given them uh, permission to just be ordinary. Hallelujah. When God has anointed you, and have not allowed you just to be ordinary. Don't get so hung up and don't get so discouraged whenever they won't accept you the way that God has made you. Right. He's not giving you permission to be ordinary. They're, they're trying to be cool and they're trying to be calm and just fit in. Uh -huh. But the problem is that they're called. That's right. They can't fit in. So, so they're always singled out and face an unusual difference. They, they realize that things would be easier if they were just like everybody else. If they, if they accepted the way everybody else is trying to make everything normal, it would be all right. But listen, there's something in them that resists something. They don't understand why that there's something that raises up in them that causes them to do a certain warfare against things that are just ordinary to other kids and other people so they could just fit in and be cool but the problem is you've been called That's right. and it won't rest easy in you it won't rest easy in you it, you, you i know it would have been easy if you would have just if they would just accept you we, we we've got to teach them and we've got to keep them encouraged that there's something different about their lives there's something different about you you ought to look at your kids sometimes and just tell them, listen, there's something different about you. I know what they're doing and I know what they're saying and I know what, what they're trying to get you into. But listen, there's something different about you. It ain't going to work with you. You're not going to feel satisfied and fulfilled with that because you're more than just talented. Whenever you do what they're doing, something happens to everybody. Can anybody hear what I'm saying? How many realize that there's something different about your life? The things that you've gone through in life and it looks like God had left you out. The things that, that you had to deal with seemingly and other people around you seemingly did not have to deal with those things. It took you a little longer than it did everybody else. And everybody else was driving something pretty and new while you were still just catching a ride. But I'm telling you, God is raising you up and bringing you into your own. And it may not be better than everybody else, but it's what God has for you and it's going to give God all the glory. That there are things happening in our lives and our young people's lives as well that if we were not anointed we would have checked out by now. I know I'm talking to a family right now. You realize that if God's hand was not on your life you wouldn't have been able to cope with what you went through. Something traumatic. It would have took you out of here. It would have taken you out but like Jacob 
<laughs> but you, my brother, my sister, like Jacob, you who wrestled with God all night long and afterwards, after he had been touched by God and left with a limp, it taught Jacob that he can't get to where he's been called without leaning and depending on God. You can't get there without leaning on God. See, and walking with God. Yes, all this time, Jacob was doing things the way that he thought that he ought to do them by trickery and by earthly measures. But I'm telling you, God has a way of opening your eyes that you'll never get there without him. He'll teach you how to lean on him. He'll teach you how to lean on him. Surely you realize by now that what happened to you and that what's happening to you right now, if the hand of God wasn't on you, you would be on psychotic medication. They would have you wrapped up in a jacket somewhere speaking out of your mind. There's some things that has happened in your life that right now even it hurts you and you cry to even just talk about it. it come on, you, you hate to even mention it because it's left such a pain and a stain in your life stuff that you've gone through. People don't even know what all you've been through and how it affected you because God kept you covered and you didn't look like what you were going through or what you've been through. They don't understand your resilience, how you keep coming back after a fall, how you keep bringing it all back together after something somehow tears it all apart. And I'm telling you, I understand what it feels like to have your life ripped apart. And I also understand what it feels like to have God to put it all back together one more time. How you keep coming back, how you're keeping it together, how you're holding on to God. You're limping, but you're leaning on God. You realize that you have survived some stuff that would have killed weaker people. Like Joseph, you also realize that God is with you. How many can say right now out of their own mouth with an assurance and the ability to believe God that I may be hurting, I may be going through some stuff that I really wouldn't have chosen, but I know that God is with me. I know that right now he has his hand on me and he's fulfilling his calling and his purpose concerning my life. He, has, he will never let me lack. He'll never let me fall, but he's always right there. God is with me. Can you declare it? God is with me and that he has his hand on me. God is with me. Amen. I know and he, and he loves me. Yes. He's taught me that he's with me in that his and his hand is on me in that I can love and speak to the same people who tried to kill me, who tried to ridicule it, and I had to come up against you to hurt you and destroy your destiny. Whenever you still have the ability to love and speak to them, you know that God is with you because if you would have had your way, you, know, you would have took them all out. People wondering and scratching their heads, how in the world you even survived it all. Now you know it was just your transportation. God had other plans. What they meant, God did not allow. He used it for my good. Somebody ought to shout amen, hallelujah to the Lord of lords, to, to the king of kings, because God has blessed you beyond measure. Your eyes are not even open to all that God has prepared for you yet. God is not through with you. Listen, when you've been called and sent by God, many times what you go through can challenge you to believe where you're going. 
It can call, it can cause you to challenge to, to believe that you're really going where God has called you. It's like going to the mountains, but you're not climbing any hills. With, with, with all that Joseph went through, it really didn't naturally look like he was being lifted. It looked like Joseph was being rejected on every side. It looked like Joseph was barely getting by. It looked like everybody had it out for Joseph, but Joseph still operated in his gift. Joseph still held on to the promises of God. Joseph, though he was mistreated, he was in prison unjustly. Joseph held on to the vision of God and he began to work in the power of God. Amen. God will put you right where your gift is needed. And all the while, you got to know, listen, I may be hurting, but I'm being lifted. It may look like I'm lacking, but I'm being lifted. I'm going through a season in my life, but I'm being lifted. Everybody who can say, now I see, had to first realize they were blind. Everybody declaring that they're saved, born again believers had to first realize they were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And yes, I sinned and come short of the glory of God. And I am a sinner. Everybody that's healed had to first be sick. Coming out of our frame, of our, our famine, we, we're coming into our provision in Christ. All of these things are like famines, and we're coming out of the famine into what God has already provided. See, you meant it for evil, but God was seeing into your future. And he was positioning somebody for just what you needed. That's where you can see the Christ in Joseph. I don't know what it is and how it won't be uh, appealing to eat. Whenever you just put it on my plate in its form of ingredients, I don't even know what it is. And, I, and it's not appealing to me just to eat a batch of broken eggs right here and a plate full of sugar and some flour over here and some flavoring right there. It's not appealing on the plate. And I don't know what it is you put on my plate for me to eat. I don't even know what you're calling it. Look, you've got to make something out of it before you can appreciate it. I want you to understand. And even if they don't appreciate you, God is making something out of you through the trials and the tests that you've gone through. Now, it, may, it don't taste good to you when you just eat the eggs raw by themselves. It doesn't taste good to you because right now you're just sucking on raw lemons. But I'm telling you, God is going to make something out of it. Amen. Somebody ought to declare God is making something out of all of this. God is making something out of all the pain that I'm sensing, all the, the struggle that I'm going through. God is making something out of it. Have you ever ran across, as I close, one of these recipes that called for ingredients that you just didn't think was necessary? The reason you don't think that that particular ingredient was necessary is because you had already tasted the finished product before and it didn't taste like all that was in it and you couldn't taste every single ingredient. So naturally, when you were making it, whenever you were being formed, you didn't realize that all that was actually a part of it that made it taste like that was in there. It took every one of those ingredients to make it taste right, to make it take form, to make it be what God had intended for it to be. You tasted it when he told you, but when he started putting the ingredients in it and stirring them up together for it could become what it is, you didn't understand it. But I'm telling you, what you're going through now is just a necessary ingredient that it takes to make it all make sense, to make it all take form, to make it rise up again. You can't leave out what God said as a part of your ingredients to get there. 
Can anybody hear what the Spirit is saying to the church? God knows, listen, God knows when to bring you out of the process of refinement. He knows how to bring you out. And when you're baking a cake, you've got to know when to take the cake out of the oven. When you're cooking something, you've got to know when to take it out of one process and add something to it, stir it together, and bring it to another stage of completion until it's ready to be taken off the fire and presented as the final product. God knows when to bring you out. He's not going to let you burn. All of this is a part of the ingredients. Something has been put in you so you can rise. Something has been put in you that doesn't look like it needed to be there, but it's on all taste good after a while. Oh, taste and see, come on, that the Lord is good. Everything that you've gone through, you ought to just declare, it's been good for me. Everything that you have, that God has allowed you to suffer, you ought to declare, it's been good for me. I didn't like it, but when now that God has stirred it all together, I know how to give him a praise. It was an ingredient to my hallelujah. It was an ingredient for me to be a praiser. Now I understand that God was lifting me. He was making me and lifting me with every ingredient necessary to position me for the future that somewhere, somehow, somebody was going to need me. If they never throw Joseph in the pit, then Joseph ne and, and never pulled him out of the pit and sold him into slavery. If they never would have sold him into slavery, he never would have made it to Potiphar's house. If Potiphar's wife wouldn't have lied, he never would have made it into the prison. If he never would have made it into the prison, he would have never interpreted or met the butlers of the Pharaoh. And he never would have been able to interpret one of them's dream. And if he never was able to interpret that dream, he never would have been called by the Pharaoh to interpret the Pharaoh's dream. If he never interpreted the Pharaoh's dream, he would have missed the ingredient that put him right there next to the Pharaoh. Listen, God will make room for the ingredients and for what he has called and pushed in your life. And there's nothing the devil can do about it. He may, don't let it discourage you because it's working for your good. It's an ingredient to your deliverance. Amen. It's only another ingredient to your deliverance. Now, I'm telling you, you've got to have the ability to, lead, to believe God when you've been thrown in a hole. When you've been sold off, come on, whenever, whenever you are presented by the, with the same people that hurt you, now that God is enlightened and open your eyes and giving you perspective, now you've got to open their eyes. Don't return, don't give them hate for hate. Don't let, let, let revenge be God's. You just hold your peace. He's going to fight and he's fighting your battles. You just stay in that word and stay obedient, stay committed. Come on, you've got to learn to encourage yourself in the word of God. If you're just reading it and not believing it, it don't feel the same. Somebody know what I'm talking about. It feels different when you read it and believe it as opposed to just reading it. It feels good when God gives you sight of your own so that you can see this truth. When it comes out the book and lives in your living, there's something different about the way people treat you, how it affects you. Listen, you're different everywhere you go, but you've also been the leader everywhere you go. You've been hurt everywhere you went, but you've also been blessed to, to, to advance everywhere you went. Amen. You always end up on top. Amen. Stop complaining. Right. It's just the necessary ingredient. It doesn't taste good while it's just running around and scrambling on the plate. It's being stirred together. And you can look right in their eyes now that God has lifted you and matured you and say, listen, you meant it for evil, That's right. but, God, but God, God 
was doing something I never imagined. He was positioning me to save the world from a famine. They all would have died if they hadn't thrown him in that hole and sold him to slavery. We all would be hurt if they had not found him guilty and took Barabbas. If they had not strung him up on a cross, stretched him wide, if he had not died, there would be no way for us to live the life that's living on the inside of us now that we're living. There would be no way we could have this spirit. But they meant it to stop everything. But it was only an opening of a door for all of us to have life and life more abundantly. I know it hurt you and I know it's hurting you, but I'm telling you it's only an ingredient to stir, for you to stir. Let this stir up the gift that's in you, the calling that's on your life. Let this encourage you that God has a plan for you too. Amen. God is working something in your life that if you would just join him, there would be a finished product that's going to blow the minds of everyone who thought you would never make it. Hallelujah, Lord, in advance for deliverance. For everything that we've gone through that we don't even look like, that unless we tell somebody, they wouldn't even know. They don't know how bad it hurt me because, God, you wouldn't let me show them. I thank you, God, in the name of Jesus for keeping me covered, always providing the necessary ingredients for me to win and to become all that you have called me to be. I thank you, God, for keeping me covered in the name of Jesus. I know that I may have taken some medicine, but I know that you are the healer. And we'll come to you first, God, because without you, we can do nothing. You are first. You have all power in your hand. And I'm thanking you now for healing and deliverance. I'm thanking you now for open eyes and ears that hear. I'm thanking you now for perspective, for stirring it up, God. I'm thanking you now for our children, that their eyes will be open, that they are unusual and they are different and they don't fit in because they are anointed and not just talented, but they are called. Oh. I thank you, God, thank you. that you are sustaining, you're building them up to continue this work of spreading the good news. Thank you, God, for this divine calling, this awakening. Thank you right now, Father, that whenever we come back together, even when we can come together physically and join up and go up in worship and go up in praise, Lord, that we'll have a different mindset and an attitude towards the reverence of worship. Father, I thank you that we'll, we'll press into your presence, that we won't take it for granted and, and go to sleep in the service, that we'll want to be there to give you the glory. Yes. Thank you, Lord, thank you. for this change, this promotion. Yes. Thank you for this healing, this deliverance. Thank you, God, that we believe and know that nothing is impossible for you. Thank you, God, that though the enemy meant it to hurt us, you meant it for our good. I thank you, Father, for all the tests and trials that it took to open my eyes. I thank you, God. Thank you, God. There's nothing impossible to you. And I thank you, believer that's listening and hear me today, you can say amen, amen because you lived through some stuff that if everybody knew it, they could not imagine how you made it through all of that. The stuff that you dealt with, the things you had to go through, they could not imagine how you have dealt with it all and how God has kept Amen. you through. Amen. We do not Amen. take it for granted, but not, not for one second because it could have drove you crazy. But God, 
It could have left you on mental medication, but God. It could have left you wanting to live outside under a bridge, but God. It could have left you pushing a bicycle all around town, but God. See, it's somehow or another when God's hand is on your life, he has a way of keeping you. It becomes just a necessary ingredient because it's working together for your good. I thank God for you. I pray the blessing of God on your life. And I pray that one day we will be able to be released to you. There's so much that I sense and want that I just want to release in Jesus' name. But I pray even now that God will anoint this Zoom session, that what's coming forth will be, you will sense in your house an anointing, a presence, something that's overcoming and overtaking the atmosphere, something that God is doing that causes you to to leap up with joy, to, to clap your hands and to give him a praise that you are not without him, that he is right there, even in this hour, that God is doing something, God is working on something. It may not be ready to come out until tomorrow but i'm telling you that god is doing something unimaginable in your life trust what he's already spoken over you i thank god for the listener that's dealing with something in their family that god will give you a word that god will give you the strength to sustain through it all you've lived through some stuff that has really hurt you but i thank god that his hand is on you yeah. Hallelujah. 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 I said his hand is on you. And listen, you got to acknowledge that because you went through something you never imagined. You never thought it would happen to you like this, but his hand is on you. Amen. His Amen. hand is on you. Amen. His hand is on you to position you, Lord to God. lift you, and to make sure that you get there where he's called you. The word that God has spoken over your life, even as a child, those traumatic and traumatic things that happen to you, even as a child, God is showing you how he's putting them all in perspective, even now, how they treated you as a child, how they tried to stop you from getting even this far. But look how God kept you when nobody else was there. God kept you. Now that's worth a hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's worth a real hallelujah. Amen. That's worth a real hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah belongs. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You've got the ingredients for a real hallelujah. Amen. And you got the real ingredients to lift up your hands because God has kept you and he's still keeping you. Yes, he is. Walk in this peace, walk in this assurance, walk in this confidence. And walk in divine expectation that even though it doesn't look like you're being lifted because you're going so far down everywhere you turn, let me just tell you, they mean it for evil. God means it for your good. It is a necessary ingredient for you to rise. He knows when to take you out of the fire so that you will not be burned. He knows. Uh He knows. And he's numbered your days of sickness. God has already numbered your days for in this test. He's numbered your days of resilience and refinement. He's numbered it. He's measured every ingredient. It's limited how much. You don't want to throw it off with putting too much of one thing in it. God has numbered your days of disease, affliction. And I'm telling you, he knows when to bring you 
Yes, he does. The ability to believe God and the ingredients Amen. to your deliverance. Has anybody heard what the Spirit of God has spoken to the church Amen. in this hour? Amen. 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 Eyes and your heart open because God has not ceased to speak to us. Amen. Amen. Our deliverance may be different and I may struggle to really uh, preach to you, but I'm just teach you or talk to you, but I will get what God gives me in my heart some way to you until we can get Amen. together Man. and put our hands on each other and lay our hands on each other. This is what we will do. Continue to be wise, continue to be watchful while we're still de dealing with this pandemic. Don't get impatient. Don't get upset because we're not going back into the building. We're going to watch God and hear and listen for God. Amen. 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 Let's, be wise. Amen. Let's be wise and wait. Amen. 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 Now there's so many names that I could call, Amen. but when I start calling names, I'm going to miss somebody. But I am telling you to pray. Let's pray one for another. Amen. I love you all. And I pray the blessings of God will overtake you in this week to come, that your eyes would be open to something you've never seen before in his word. In Jesus name. Amen. God bless amen. you. Have a smile. God bless you, Pastor. God bless you.